Hey guys, how's everyone doing today? Hopefully you're doing well, feeling good, and excited for today's podcast episode. Before we jump in, I want to give a big shout out to today's sponsor, Free Lunch Coffee. They are on a mission and hunger for the lives of young children. And I think it's pretty amazing. I know all you clinicians out there certainly do too. At the end of the day, we engage in a service of helping others and be there for of being there for others. And I think that's what Free Lunch Coffee is doing. When you buy just one bag of Free Lunch Coffee, you're also providing 10 meals to children in need. Free Lunch Coffee gives away 50% of the money they make to end hunger in the lives of young children. Their coffee is specialty grade, certified organic, and fair trade. They offer 100% money back guarantee for 30 days. If you don't absolutely love their coffee, they will give you a full refund and you can keep the coffee too. Not bad, right? Free Lunch Coffee also has mugs and tumblers, which I am really excited about. Remember, every purchase from Free Lunch Coffee provides 10 meals to underprivileged children. Free Lunch Coffee is offering a 15% discount code to loyal listeners of this podcast. Use coupon code SANTOS at checkout. That is S-A-N-T-O-S. Check it out at FreeLunchCoffee.com. What's going on, everybody? This is a counselor's journey to private practice with Juan Santos, teaching mental health professionals how to start, grow, and scale a six-figure private counseling practice without feeling overwhelmed. Let's do it. Let's dive into the episode. Let's have some fun. How's everyone doing today? Hopefully you are doing well, feeling good, and what is that saying out there? Walking to the beat of your own music, something like that. Now today I wanted to dive into something that really we didn't focus a lot when it came to our graduate studies, you know, whether you have a PhD, uh, a master's degree, whatever level of education you know, you're holding. One of the areas that we did not really dive into during graduate school that now is really important in our journey of private practice is identifying your avatar. Now avatar is just fancy for like your ideal client. You know, typically when we were in school, we did our practicum and internship and we're often thrown into different environments, right? You know, for me, it was a community health agency. So I worked with youth who are at risk. And there I was exposed to suicide, to um, helping parents, to helping couples, family systems, you know, a strong integration of all of those uh, blends, if you will. And I want you to think about what what you were thrown into. You know, what did you do for your practicum? What did you do for your internship? And often these experiences, they do aid us and help us. You know, I am so grateful for being able to go into the intensive in-home environment because now it really pays off when I have uh, certain cases. However, right, however, there's this question of, who would you like to work with? And I'm not sure if anyone ever asked you that, maybe during your graduate studies, like right when you were at practicum or internship, did someone sit down and say, who's your ideal client? Who would you love to work with? And even if it was an exhausting day, you would do it again tomorrow. So what takes place is that we can find ourselves in private practice making a lot of money or not making so much money. And if we don't have our ideal client, if we don't have that really established, we rather we make a lot of money or a little bit of money, we find ourselves burnt out, overwhelmed, exhausted. We may find ourselves working with one individual who struggles with anxiety, and then a session later is a couple, and then after that, it's a child with depression, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. And all of that is, is beautiful, and, and you're working, and, and you're diligent, and, and you know, you're, doing, you're, you're doing the hard work, right? You're, you're rolling your sleeves up. But again, comes that question of, who is your ideal client? Because I think all of us, we really resonate with someone. You know, we resonate with someone that maybe connects with something that we have went through our life. Or it could be that, you know, you really dove into some sort of expertise. You know, for me, for instance, I love working with uh, individuals that, that are navigating immigration cases. 
I am an immigrant. I came from the Dominican Republic. I'm here to the U.S. So that story there really resonates with me. And that's why when I work with those individuals, those are my ideal clients. So I want you to think about that. And that's what this episode is about. This episode is about stepping back, taking a giant. Imagine you're like an eight-foot person, a huge step back. Um, I'm I'm barely, uh, I'm not even close to that height. (laughs) Um, However, my steps are just as strong. Now, I want you to take a a big old step back, and I want you to think about your caseload during the week. Think about those clients you're working with. Is there some sort of theme there? You know, do you have an avatar? And if not, that's okay. That's why we're here. I want to walk you through a process so that at the end of this episode, you have a clear idea of how to create your ideal client, how to find them, how to work with them, and then how to wake up to a practice that you're excited to work in. I can tell you through firsthand experience, uh, if I had like 20 hands, I would say through 20 hand experiences, because I, I did it way too many times repeating the cycle of just throwing myself out there, you know, registering to psychology today or to any other directory. And there's that question, you know, who do you want to work with? And you click every box because in your mind, it's like, yes, the more volume, the more clients, that makes sense, right? That's how you start a business. Well, not so much. You know, yes, you may be able to hit that dollar sign, but what about your wellness? What about your mental health? You know, what about your sanity? What about how you feel? And then making sure that you are serving people appropriately. So one of the first places I like to go to when it comes to um, your ideal client is really taking a step back and looking at your story. Yeah. You know, your story. Why did you become a therapist? What's your why? And, and, And maybe not just give it that first statement of I like to help people. Go a little bit deeper. Think about your why. Why do you choose to answer maybe those high-risk calls? Why do you choose to sit in those sessions and listen and provide feedback? Why do you choose sometimes to maybe miss out on family activities to do your due diligence and do research? Why do you choose to go through a very difficult session and then get a drink of cold water and go into the next session? I want you to think about your why. That, that should be a process just as intensive as maybe, you know, our getting our graduate school, right? You know, a couple of years of hard work to be able to get that licensure, that uh, credential, credentials. So I really want you to think about your why. Why did I become a therapist? Why do I continue to work as a clinician? Why do I wake up and, and open the doors to these practices? Why do I answer the phone and, and share time, share space with individuals? After that, I want you to think about the clients that you have worked with and consider which ones really resonated with you. Which ones were you eager to work with? Which ones did you feel that you were able to provide almost like a reflex like feedback? Which ones did you just really dive into the research to understand more ways to work with them? Which ones did you push yourself to do continuing education credits for? You know, if you think about school, we often find ourselves studying, right, like K through 12 or even in undergrad. And there's certain classes and most people say, yeah, I like this class. And there's other classes that people are like, oh, man, I don't want to be here. For me, it was mathematics. My younger brother, he's uh, completing a, a doctorate to be a physicist. I have no idea how. That definitely skipped me. But when it came to my humanities classes, when it came to my public health courses, Uh, My writing courses, I love, love those courses. So I want you to think about that when it comes to your clients. And and then there comes this part of, is it wrong that I do that? And that's important too in identifying your avatar, your ideal client. Sometimes we go into the mindset of, well, what about other people? You know, 
maybe there's this voice inside that says, that's wrong for you just to work with certain people, not everybody. So I, I, w- I want us to find a way to, to hug that voice, to tame it, and, and to work with it. Because it's there for a reason. So I want you to think about all your colleagues, you know, out there in the field, your colleagues that are clinicians. More than likely, they have a certain cup of tea that they like. Cup of tea meaning a certain type of client they like to work with. You know, if you're a couples therapist, maybe you know someone that works with kids. So that when you work with a couple and there's children involved, and the children are struggling maybe with the uh, the issues taking place within the home, you say, hey, listen, there's a counselor in town named Bob. And Bob is terrific when it comes to helping kids, you know, move forward in life. So that that's the answer there. That's, that's the gold nugget. That you may have that voice in your mind that says, hey, it's kind of wrong for you just to work with certain people. But then I want you to take a step back and think about all of your colleagues, all of the clinicians out there, you, me, everybody else. And and we are we are doing our due diligence. You know, some of us shine red, meaning that we love to work in anxiety. Some of us shine yellow, meaning that we love to work with couples. Some of some of us shine green, meaning that we are all about you know supporting families to heal and to come together. And and that you know that means that it's okay for us to it's beyond okay for us to have our ideal client to work with one specific population. So we are competently serving them, effectively serving them. And I hope that gives you a warm hug. I hope that allows you to acknowledge the importance of having an ideal client. So let's transition a little bit to, is this forever? You know, I worked with an individual who was from Colorado. We were doing consulting and uh, they shared with me. I said, Juan, I, I don't just really want to put all my eggs in one basket. And I tend to, you know, to shift, you know, growing up, I would be into one sport for a while and into another sport. I don't really want to find myself, you know, in private practice where I'm just working with blank population and, and that's it. Um, and we, were rough, we were roughly about the same age, you know, we were both um, in our early 30s and, well, I'm still in my early 30s, um, so technically they're still in the early 30s, not were, are, sorry. <laughs> um, there we go, uh, English lesson for me. So with that being said, I shared with them, I said, hey, you, this is your journey, my friend. You know, you can dive into working with couples, let's say, and you can learn all about Gottman, all about, you know, all the continuing education and, and just become an expert in that. And then if you get to a couple of years down the road and you want to shift over to supporting kids, that's okay. You know, that's what's beautiful about the work that we do. You know, our licensure is is very broad and then it's our job to narrow it. It's our job to acknowledge that we can support individuals. And then for us to do our due diligence to say, and, you know, which bucket do I want to spend a lot of time in? So it's okay if you're out there and you're nervous and you're scared and you're like, I don't want to just stick to one area because I may get bored or I may get overwhelmed after a while or I just may want to see what it's like to do, you know, um, art therapy or a different style. And that's completely okay. That can be part of your journey and you can still be effective and powerful and, and live your best life doing that. With that said, another area that I want us to look at when it comes to finding your ideal client is also finding your ideal supervisor. And and I know that when we're in practicum and um, internship, we're pushed to do it. Like you have to do it. It's mandatory, right? There's no there's no way around it. You know, it is what it is, black and white. So then we tend to shift out, get our full licensure, um, and some of us don't um, seek supervision. And it could be for whatever reasons. And there's different styles of supervision, of course. Um, not just, you know, the brick and mortar where you're going in and sitting down with someone. Uh, things are changing and, and change is good, if you will. Now, with that being said, what I want to encourage you to do is to look at 
who your ideal client is, and then who an ideal supervisor would be to allow you to grow your expertise in that area. So let's say as an example, you met me and you said, Juan, you know, I would love to do some consulting with you. Um, it, it seems like, you know, your level of expertise when it comes to helping clients uh, is your work with couples or your work in immigration. Uh, and then I'll say, yeah, you know, two, two thumbs up. Exactly. You know, those are those are certainly my cup of teas. Um, and, and then we would start, you know, a relationship there. So then what you're doing on your end is you are finding a supervisor or a consultant, someone you can work with that has a strong level of expertise. And what it does is it allows you to continue to grow in your field and become stronger and more competent, right? We tend to, we, we tend to grow and be uh, impacted by those that we surround ourselves with. And, and, and you can read any book on success, you know, find one, pick a random one out. And what you're going to find in any of those books is mentorship coachability, you know, someone saying that I put myself out there to be coached, to be mentored. That is a basic variable that's ingrained in every successful individual out there, uh, at least that I've encountered, you know, whether it's through books or, or through, you know, walks of life. The next area that I want us to look at when it comes to finding your ideal client, you know, now that you have an idea of who that person is, I want you to think about, um, and I like to do this with a sheet of paper. Um, if you can't even write it down, I want you to write down presenting concerns that you feel really competent in addressing. And when you think about presenting concerns, literally consider that intake process. Someone comes to your office, you give them the intake packet. On there, it says, why are you here? Or presenting concerns or symptom uh, checklist. So with that being said, that information there, you read and then you start to develop, you know, what most of us know as our case conceptualization, you know, your lens of how you're going to approach treatment. What I like to do with that when it comes to identifying your ideal client is I like to write down the presenting concerns that you, my friend, will feel most comfortable doing. You know, so someone wrote down in there, um, you know, I'm struggling in my family. Uh, my husband wants a divorce uh, and I'm not sure what to do, but I want to do everything that I can. And let's say you're like, shit, I have no effing idea. You know, I if this was a child saying you know, I'm in middle school and I'm being bullied. And sometimes I think about cutting myself. You would maybe your, your light bulb will go off and say, yes, like a thousand things are running to my mind as far as what we can do and how we can approach this. I'm ready. Let's do this. So that right there, my friend, gives you strong, strong evidence as far as who your ideal client is, you know, who that avatar is by doing the due diligence of getting that sheet of paper out and then writing down the presenting concerns, because right away you are going to acknowledge this inner power within you, right? Just as I shared, if someone wrote blank presenting concern and you jump right away and raise your hand, right? You're that eager beaver saying, I know, I know, I know what, I know what to do here. I am comfortable here. This is my place. This is my style. Then that right away allows you to say, yes, I'm getting closer and closer to defining my ideal client. Uh, I want to tie in with that too. Um, an additional strategy is a little bonus here, if you will. It is helpful when identifying an ideal client to think about demographics and think about, you know, almost like them as an audience. You know, where would they live, their economic status, cultural background, you know, those type of details. So if you do have some time, do that. You know, an example of that would be if I shared with you that my ideal client would be um, someone presenting relationship issues. And right away we are like, OK, it's a couple. Right. Um, so then from there, I would go a little bit above and beyond. I would even say, well, what age would I feel really comfortable? You know, right now I'm in my early 30s. So for me, it would be couples that maybe are under 55 um, all the way to like, you know, in their early 20s. I may, I may not feel the same level of comfort with a couple that's older than that, maybe due to the generational gap, the age gap. But that's okay because that's me. I get to decide that. And then I would even look at cultural background. 
you know, maybe as a, as a Hispanic myself being born um, outside of the U.S., uh, identifying cultural uh, understandings through my development, I would feel really comfortable with uh, couples, uh, interracial couples, couples that are um, a dual language um, coming in with two different cultures because that connects me. You know, I, I am uh, from the Dominican Republic, born outside the U.S. My wife, she is Caucasian, born here in the U.S. So then that, re- that re- resonates and it relates and it makes me feel comfortable and competent in that area. So then I want you to think about that as it comes to creating your idea avatar. And in a lot of this is creating something, creating something that you're going to sharpen over time, right? And then the last, last thing I want to share with you before you dive off and get that sheet of paper and says, I'm about to create my ideal client, my avatar, right? I'm, I'm excited for you and I hope that you're excited too, is continuing to maintain a mentality of sharpening your skills, right? Right now, you are an expert. And we know that a year from now, you'll be at a higher level of an expert. And five years from now, you'll be even better. So we are all a beautiful, transforming process. You know, we, we are growth in the making, if you will. So with that being said, take advantage of continuing education. Take advantage of mentorship, of coaching, reading self-help books, uh, finding uh, leaders in your area. You know, whether you reach out to me, reach out to anybody in your area that can support you in, in becoming a stronger expert in that area. What you invest pays off right away. Um, and, and you probably have seen that, you know, whether you are someone out there in a relationship and you invest in your relationship, and then now you are happy waking up every day with the, with the family system, the relationship that you have, you know the power of investment. Or you shelled out the money, went to graduate school, and now you get to do the work that you love to do, then you know the power of investment. And it's the same thing here when it comes to finding your ideal client, becoming an expert and connecting with your avatar, your ideal client, is that continuation of sharpening your skill, finding time to engage in self-development. Now, I want to thank you. I do. I like to do this in as many episodes as I can where I thank you for taking time to connect with me, to share space with me. If you ever want to be on the podcast, I am always, always looking for awesome clinicians out there or individuals that connect with uh, professionals like us uh, in the field, in the field of small business and entrepreneurship that are looking to share, share their story, share ways to support individuals move forward. I would love to hear from you. And I would love to ask for a kindness if you haven't done so. I would love if you're able to leave a review. From the podcast perspective, I'm very transparent with you. What it does is it makes this podcast rank higher. Um, and, and that's really what I want to do here. I want to rank higher because I want other people to find us. You know, I was a counselor out there, a clinician out there that was struggling. And it sucks. I mean, it does suck when you're struggling and you are looking for resources and you can't find the resources that you're looking for. So to me, it's just basic math where if we're able to rank this podcast high and you are having an awesome experience, then it puts it really up there. So there's clinicians out there and they're getting on Google and they're like, I need help marketing a private practice. Then we, our community, a counselor's journey, private practice, we pop up and they get to click it. They get to join it. And then we all grow into this community that we have here. So as always, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day, taking time out of your life to connect with me. Have an amazing, amazing day. Hey guys, thank you again for spending your day, spending your morning, your evening, hanging out with me in today's podcast. Before you head off, I want to give a shout out, big thank you, big old warm hug to today's sponsor, Free Lunch Coffee. They are on a mission to end hunger from the lives of young children. When you buy just one bag of Free Lunch Coffee, you are providing 10 meals to children in need. That's just beautiful, isn't it? Their coffee is specialty grade, certified organic and fair trade. They offer a 100% money back guarantee for 30 days 
If you don't absolutely love their coffee, they will give you a full refund. And you can keep the coffee too. It's not bad, right? Freelance Coffee also has mugs and tumblers, which I'm super excited about. Remember, every purchase from Free Lunch Coffee provides 10 meals to underprivileged children. Free Lunch Coffee is offering a 15% discount to the loyal listeners of this podcast. Use the coupon code SANTOS at checkout. That is S-A-N-T-O-S. Check it out at freelunchcoffee.com. Take care, guys. Have an amazing and amazing day. Hey guys, you've been listening to A Counselor's Journey to Private Practice with me, your host, Juan Santos. Please visit accounselorsjourney.com so you can tap into resources and tools to be able to start, grow, and scale your six-figure practice. And if you found this episode helpful, please do me a kindness. Leave me a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to growing together on our journey.